So the, the reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. When amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Wouldn't it have been amazing to be there? At the cup final yesterday. <laughs> that was the only thing going on yesterday, wasn't it? Wouldn't it have been amazing to be there at the royal wedding yesterday? I don't think anyone was there, were they? But um, someone was at the palace this week. Angie. Angie's been to the palace mixing with royalty this week. Our son Dave, who many of you know, uh, collected his uh, Duke of Edinburgh Gold Award uh, during the week, and you had a special invitation. Who did you meet? Who was there? Sophie Wessex. Sophie Wessex. All the others were a bit too busy getting ready for the wedding, were they? Oh, well. 
Oh, well. Um, I want to start off this morning by um, showing a brief video. I, I love some of these little videos you can get uh, online. I know Joe's talking about going viral this morning, so I'll talk about going viral this morning as well to show that us clergy are really with it. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, it probably says something about me, but I quite like those little clips you've got where something goes wrong and doesn't quite go to plan. Um, as happened to this uh, Weather Channel um, photographer who was trying his best to get a good view of the demolition of the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Watch this. I thought that was brilliant, and you, you may not have heard, fortunately you didn't hear all the words that the um, cameraman was saying, but uh, when he wasn't offering expletives, um, which were beeped out, he was saying, get out of the way, get out of the way. I mean, why he set up the other side of a main road, I do not know, but there you go. That's probably why he's a cameraman for the Weather Channel rather than uh, the BBC. On this uh, Pentecost Sunday, when we celebrate the outpouring of the Spirit on the first disciples, um, I've entitled my sermon, Get Out of the Way. Get out of the way and get into the way. More of that in a minute. And uh, it's inspired by uh, my favourite disciple, I'm sure many of yours as well, Simon Peter, good old Simon Peter. The the more I thought about him, the more I've realised just what a miracle it is that God uses him at all. And uh, that gives me hope, that gives us all hope as well. Because much of the time during those three years that he spent with Jesus, Simon Peter was getting in the way. His ego, his perspective, his impetuosity, blocking the work of God rather than enabling it. Sometimes he had uh, moments of absolute brilliance. So Matthew 16, we get the great pronouncement in response to Jesus' question, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Spot on. Jesus gives him 10 out of 10. But then within a few verses, we have Jesus admonishing him in the firmest of tones, get thee behind me, Satan. You can't get much more damning than that. Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to die, that he was going to be raised to life. But Peter's response is, no way. Not on my watch. And then we go to Gethsemane as Jesus is arrested and Peter takes matters into his own hands and he draws a sword and cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. I'll deal with this, Jesus. I'll deal with it my way. And again, he's rebuked. And then Peter's denial, despite the insistence that he will always be there for Jesus... He denies Jesus three times. And the flawed humanity of Simon Peter once again gets in the way. Simon Peter had a great big heart, he had real passion, 
but often we see him as someone who is quite self-reliant, who is full of himself. His own ego kept getting in the way. And he needed to learn humility and needed to allow God's spirit to lead rather than relying on himself. And at Pentecost, it seems that something changes. As the spirit is poured out, it's as if the old Peter is swept away and a new Peter emerges from the ashes. Sparked into life, no doubt, by his reinstatement by the Sea of Galilee, but set on fire by the Spirit of God. And as he preaches his heart out, 3,000 people, we're told, come to faith in Christ. They come into the way, as the Christian faith was known. And the basic raw material that is Simon Peter the fisherman is shaped and moulded. And his passion and his boldness and his energy, those raw attributes, are put to good use as his ego gets out of the way and Peter steps more fully into the way. His effectiveness as a disciple of Jesus, his fruitfulness as a disciple of Jesus, is multiplied. Maybe we've got something to learn. How often does our human frailty get in the way of what God might want to do in us or through us? Not deliberately, perhaps, but as a result of our fallen human nature. Our pride. Our pride which stops us from taking risks for fear of failure. Fear that we might be judged by others. Timidity or a fear of rejection which stops us from reaching out to others and sharing our faith in Jesus. Self-centeredness which limits our generosity of our time, our money, our resources. We pray, and have been encouraged to pray this week, thy kingdom come. And I'm sure for the vast majority here, we pray that and we really do desire that. But does the way we live our lives back up that desire? It's not something out out there that stops us from being more fruitful. It's something in here. And we need to allow the Spirit, the freedom to shape us and transform us. And as we do so, who knows how he might work, where he might lead us. Next Sunday evening at uh, Spirit Space... Um, at 6.30, there'll be an opportunity for people to share uh, ways in which they've seen the Holy Spirit work in their lives. And I'd encourage folks to come and be ready just to share just a simple way in which you've seen the Holy Spirit at work in you or in those around you. And I know just from chatting to a few people this week that there have been all sorts of examples where people have made themselves available to be used by God. And he has used them, his Spirit has taken over in a particular situation. The Spirit of God is not predictable. The Spirit of God cannot be dictated to. But as we get out of the way and place ourselves and our priorities in the way, he will surprise us. At Pentecost, the time was right. Jesus, during his life on earth, had achieved all that he'd come to do. His sacrifice for sin on the cross, his victory over death on that Easter Sunday morning, and a setting in motion of the ministry of those first disciples who would become the church, the legacy of which which we experience here today. 
The time was right. They were ready to step up a gear, and in a multi-sensory explosion, they were filled with the Spirit of God. What an incredible experience it must have been for them. But it wasn't primarily for them. The Spirit empowered the disciples in order that others' lives might be transformed. And if we were to read on further in that chapter, Acts chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, we encounter a mass baptism service. Not Ahmed and a couple others in a little pool in the middle here, but hundreds of baptisms. We don't actually know how many. We do know that 3,000 people came to faith that day. We do know that many were baptised. I remember going to a service in uh, Kampala, Uganda, at Kampala Pentecostal Church, when there were 400 baptisms in one service. That in itself was incredible. While, while we're worshipping, while the preacher was going, there were baptisms going on in the background. More and more people going down into the waters of baptism and out again. Just imagine that in one of the, in one of the rivers, perhaps. All these people, all these disciples, new disciples, entering into the way. Now, I'm sorry to say that my faith struggles to believe for 3,000 people in one day, but even that reminds me that my thought processes, my behaviours can so easily get in the way. And so I pray, Lord, increase my faith. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Bring it on. Do your stuff and I'll join in with what you are doing. If you watched the royal wedding yesterday, you will have known that it was uh, planned with real military precision. Every aspect, every angle was planned to maximise the impact, to make sure that it was the very, very best experience for Harry and Meghan, but also that those watching on TV worldwide would have an amazing experience. Those who were lining the streets of Windsor would have an amazing experience. All of those guests who'd been specially invited would have an amazing experience. It was all very regimented. At one point, the Rolls-Royce carrying Megan had to go a little bit faster because she'd been a bit late getting out of her, uh, uh, wherever she was changing. It's interesting that the Pentecost outpouring wasn't a humanly planned event. It wasn't something the disciples could have advertised. Next weekend, Jerusalem city centre free hot dogs, ice creams, bouncy castle, and multilingual demonstrations. Roll up, roll up. But God determined the time was right, the disciples were ready, and a new era began. In the life of our church, it's right that we have all sorts of programs, services, messy church, alpha courses. God works through them. As a leadership team, we seek the guidance of the Spirit of God. Often there are places where the Spirit and His graciousness can be seen to be at work, where people do come to faith in Him or take steps forward as His disciples. But we must also leave space to be surprised by God, as the disciples were here. Our busyness can sometimes get in the way. And I say that as someone who thrives on busyness. The Spirit's work at Pentecost was exceptional. It was a, a, a one-off. His, his work today is just massively diverse, prompting a conversation, growing his gifts in us, developing the fruit of the Spirit. 
Convicting of sin, reminding us of our shortcomings and our need of God's grace and mercy. Unleashing creativity. Drawing people to a life-giving faith. Not always spectacular, but nonetheless just as valid and of eternal significance. So let's give God space. Let's look for the signs of his spirit at work. And as we see that, let's join in, as Peter and the other disciples did, to great effect. Unselfconsciously, generously, and with faith in the great God we adore. Let's get out of the way. Get the negative parts out of the way. And make sure that we're in the way where we pray and live out. Thy kingdom come. Lord, have your way in us. Amen.